episode 117. My name is Dave Hunt, and I'm joined by Michael Swick. How's it going, Dave? Uh, I, I see why you would want to just shave your head, because like, my hair is just being pain right now, and I just keep well, fixing it. I'm, I'm bald. <laughs> so. I, I see the, the benefits of it, because I'm struggling right now, just yeah. like trying to fix my hair for the camera. When I get out of the shower, I just run my hand over my head, and I'm dry. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. I don't have to worry about my hair freezing in the winter anymore, like or crystallizing, like that used to happen to me all the time. Especially yeah. being a swimmer, like leaving like morning practice in Michigan at like six a.m. and going outside. <laughs> yeah, probably not the the best experience. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so we are Digital Days Gaming. We are a weekly podcast that posts every Thursday on podcast services, pretty much everywhere, um, and. Uh, we are also live streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash digital days gaming uh, every Tuesday about 6.30 lately. So 6.30 Eastern time on Twitch and the show posts 6 a.m. on podcast services on Thursdays. Uh, so, and we are 117 episodes in, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just as you just go through the numbers. So uh, there's a bunch of links in the show notes uh, to stuff if you want to check it out. Uh, t-shirts, uh, Teesprings, um, our, like the Twitch stuff I just mentioned, the website that takes you to the podcast, subscriptions um, is all there. Facebook group, Discord, uh, Patreon, is everything is there for you guys to just check out. Um, and with that, uh, we're going to get into the news, which I figured this was going to be a follow-up after the week because the Bungie news, Bungie PlayStation news came out very early in the week and then more stuff comes out. <laughs> yeah, so we got some more details on that. Uh Thanks to the uh, Sony quarter Q3 reports that came out, or Q4, I forget exactly what quarter they were covering. Uh, but we're going to have a lot of financial stuff uh, because everyone did their uh, reporting. Uh, but yeah, so PlayStation said to investor, owning Bungie is not, uh, is not only owning Destiny and their unannounced new IP, uh, but their expertise, which is something that we briefly talked about uh, last week. Uh, it is weird because it seemed like when we were first talking about it, it was still like just a couple hour old story at that point that it made it seem like Bungie still owned destiny and they still had, you know, the, whatever they were working on, but Sony to their financial department or their, their, their investors was very much like we own destiny. We own Bungie. Uh, but we're, you know, they emphasize it's their expertise that is important to them. Uh, so I thought that was a key thing to, to notice, uh, or to, to pay attention to as how much, Sony does actually own Bungie because uh, it made it sound like it was a partnership last week and then yeah. very much to their investors. It's like, no, 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 no. This is ours. Yeah, I think like the example that I used the other, last week is this is very much um, Macy's and Target. Like they are, but they're still owned by one person or one company yeah. or one corporation. And ultimately, like it, the information that slowly came out over time last week is that Bungie's Bungie, but they still got to, they still got to, Parsons, Pete Parsons has to report to somebody now, and he didn't mm -hmm. have to do that last week. Yeah, uh, so th that that is like very key to to know it. Um, I didn't put this in here just because uh, it was hard to source because it was just on one of those insider podcasts. Um, but it sounds like Bungie was just shopping themselves around last mm -hmm. year, and they were seeking anywhere from uh, one and a half billion to two and a half billion, and it sounds like they got exactly what they wanted with basically a two billion dollar offer with a 1.2 billion dollar yeah. incentive to stay um so that's a key thing as well is of the 3.6 billion that was spent by sony 1.2 billion is put aside as retention 
to the staff because as Sony emphasized multiple times last week, they did this purchase for the expertise. They didn't do any of this for Destiny or the unannounced IP, mm-hmm. which is sounding more and more like uh, with someone in a chat brought it up last week that like Sony may have bought out. Uh, I the, think I, th- the I think they did. I think they bought yeah. out the, the net net the net ease part. If they are saying that they own Destiny, then they own matter which is yeah because they said the unannounced ip right and the rumor the rumor is matter the name or its code name is matter um and so i'm i'm more led to believe that they did purchase that 100 million dollar investment out from NetEase or paid off the 100 plus return on investment or whatever it is um yeah i am very very you actually texted this to me last week and i was very fascinated about the retention thing I don't. I don't have anything to reference it from. I don't recall hearing about this from Bethesda, but it doesn't mean it wasn't there. Um, and then that could also of in uh, inflated the price of Bethesda if it is there, not by much, maybe. But I mean, if this was one third of this deal, so that's right. Not hard to yeah, believe it so might have been a chunk of that. Similar, twenty five percent, I would say, or something. Mm-hmm. But breaking it down per developer, it's almost a million dollars an employee now not every employee is going to get a million dollars like pete parson probably is multiple millions of that and whether you like him or hate him luke smith is probably multiple million dollars of that yeah yeah. so but the new qa person is probably not getting a million dollars yeah it might be like hey if you finish out your contract you get a seven thousand dollar bonus i don't know like you know (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I this is something we just don't hear too much about, and this is something that I brought up last week, is when talking about like people worried about the industry getting smaller, is anytime there's a big acquisition, a right. bunch of people leave that studio because they get paid out, uh, and then start their own studios, and Sony does not want that to happen with Bungie, right. because they bought Bungie for very right. specific reasons. And it's um, what we talked about, they bought the talent. Yeah. And, and like what you've always talked about, they bought the talent and they bought the data. Yeah. The player data is, I think, is what's fascinating because, again, I everybody knows I enjoy Destiny. I like playing Destiny. It's it's I played it for seven years. But whether you like Destiny or don't like Destiny, the player retention that they, that Bungie has been able to keep with Destiny is kind of crazy for as long as they've kept it for. And that data is probably borderline priceless of like when they interact, how they interact. You know, like you know for the most part for a lot of people they controlled like tuesdays like bungie controls tuesdays because it's like when your game resets and if they drop some new content new secret story mission or a new raid like it shows up on michael's timeline it shows up on they 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 hit the top of the twitch directory they hit the top of the steam charts like so that player retention player tendency data is probably priceless yeah and and it's not like destiny like numbers for destiny have gone up and down over the course mm-hmm. of time. And that data is probably even more valuable because I would assume destiny's numbers though, their overall player uh, number has grown. The concurrent player stuff has dropped a little bit, but every time they release content, it spikes. So then yeah. PlayStation would be like, well, let's examine the spike. Like, why does it, regardless, spike? Why does it regardless go down? of the content, good content, yeah. bad content, it spikes. They've had dry content runs. They've had, you know other stuff runs and like it's just and not to go too deep but like uh, destiny 2 currently as it gets ready for witch queen to release in two weeks is getting rid of certain materials that you earned in the game and materials that you've been earning for like five years they're getting rid of the the 
the consumable item that you get when you dismantle a piece of uh, a piece of armor or a weapon. It's called weapon parts. Um, and they told people to turn them in, like because they're going to delete them from your inventory. Now you mm -hmm. get you get crap rewards for turning them in, but I hope that you know because they sometimes they throw um, Bungie and their updates throws us a bone with with, with the stuff. Like I want to see the number of parts that are turned in because they have that data. Mm -hmm. And and them them telling putting a banner like this is the stuff that Michael's talking about them putting a banner when you upload when you load up the game for the first time in a month or a day or two days or three weeks or whatever that says hey weapon parts are going away on February twenty second please turn them in otherwise we'll remove them from your inventory like and then the players well, do it well and and there's this other little stuff that is going to sound silly to some people yeah. but Destiny one had really good menus. And that menu guy is still on that menu yeah, they, person is UI. still on that Even team. Currently, they're they're you yeah. like they're, the stuff outright outrider. If you opened up a Destiny UI and then you opened up an Outriders UI or an Assassin's Creed UI, it's very similar. Yeah, and, and it might be one of those things where Sony just wants to go to the UI person and they're like, "How did you think of this?" And that is super valuable information. And also Bungie will probably like go to Naughty Dog and be like, how do you do lighting so well? You yeah. know, not that Bungie doesn't have good lighting, but that that whole thing is going to change because of this in terms of what PlayStation. Right. Is like like the, the one of the cool things that Naughty Dog does is like they make they make a dark environment look dark, but the player doesn't sit there and go, damn it, it's too dark. I can't see. Yeah, <laughs> like so. they're really good at getting you to pay attention to specific things, and that's something that even if Bungie's good that that now they could be right. even better because they'll yeah, have that sure. that work uh, that hive mind uh, sort of thing now. Uh, the funny thing is uh, why retention is so important uh, is the next part that came out in financial reports. Sony plans to have ten live service games released by March 2026. I'm assuming two of those are going to be from Bungie, which is Destiny continuing and right. then matter releasing but live service games are very important to sony before anyone panics they're not going away from single player stuff but they need to find a way to like financially support their single player games and live service games is a good yep. low cost way of bringing constant revenue in and some of this stuff has already been going like before <laughs> this deal like um we don't know exactly what it is but the stuff that the haven studio is talking about yes. of like is they're not they're they're talking about a different style of games as a service so it's very interesting that deal they signed with uh firewalk and deviation like these yeah. are probably going to be games as services um so those are already things c coming into hand whatever this naughty dog invisible multiplayer game is is game is a game as a service um, which will probably get the least amount of time from bungie but at least they can have bungie look over some stuff and being like yeah yeah, that's fine. Or like, well, yeah, maybe like, don't do I that. don't know if that you like Bungie won't change any of the any of the mechanics, but they might change how their rewards are given or distributed. No, or exactly. How the you tweaks. redeem something on a season pass? You know, just right. like just like you like you talked about the user interface. Um, so there's the, you know there's a handful of games that are, are that are already there and that are already coming. Like whether you think it is or don't think it is, MLB the Show is a game as a service. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm expecting Sony, and and it sounds like Sony is just like. They want to launch 10 new ones by 2026. Uh, I think they meant it as new, so we probably can't count Destiny as as part of that. But the next one, we can count. Uh, but it's important just for Sony just to get some of that revenue, because if they see how some of these live service games print money and take significantly less time and money financially uh, than a Last of Us Part Two single-player campaign, that's going to interest Sony, and then that's also going to help them 
alleviate some of those costs because they can yeah. just have these life service games just rolling, bringing money in. And they're going to, yeah. it looks like because they're doing 10, I'm assuming that's not 10 first person shooters. So we're going to see like Correct. a diverse yeah. amount of life service games from yeah. Sony. And then the, the fact of it is, is that again, like, yeah, like Naughty Dog can sit there and go, Hey, we sold, you know, I don't even know what it, Insomniac, we sold 9 million copies of Spider-Man. Look at how much revenue we generated from that game. And then yes, you get a huge spike of it and you carry it for a year or 12 months. But I don't, I, I, this is roughly the, the number, but like over the last six or seven years, Bungie has consistently brought in close to $200 million every, um, what do you call it? Every, um, every year. And they're bringing out a $40 piece of content and three or four $10 pieces of content. So they're bringing out what they, they charge people $80 every year and they generate $200 million every year. So yeah. like that's super And not every year is created equal. Correct. Too, and they're able to consistently make that money, which definitely interests a company like Sony, who are like, "Oh, so late? Can you have like kind of a shit year, but right. still produce this much yeah. money?" And especially like, yeah, like we've always shit, talked but. about. No, but we, like we've always talked about, like what would happen? And I'm not saying it would or wouldn't happen, but what would happen if God of War Ragnarok is just a swing and a miss? It just doesn't yeah. hit. Like it's not. It, I don't think it's going to happen with God of War. But you know, like there is, you know, like allegedly days gone was a swing kind of a like in sony's terms was a swing and a miss whether you think it was or wasn't you know they didn't give them the permission to do the next one you know like yeah. but bungie now has a track record of stuff pointing at of like of sony going hey you know what we don't think that's a good idea like sorry dude we got six years of data to show you that you're wrong well and the thing is and sony has some swings and misses uh live yeah. service game destruction all-stars <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and financially that can be a swing and a miss and not hurt Sony that much. It'll hurt Lucid Games, but it won't hurt Sony's bottom line. Right. But if one of their big AAA yeah. single-player campaigns that they spend like five years developing and hundreds of million dollars, that fails, you know, then you're going to end up in like a like an EA situation with some of their studios where they're just like kind of lost. Yeah, like know? a year or two of Bungie's revenue can pay for Naughty Dog's next game. Yeah. It's not, it's not apples to oranges like that. It's not like, yeah. oh, here you go. But that the consistent stream and then if destiny can continue and then matter comes out and even matters okay and it produces a quarter of that revenue and then another game or even half that revenue and then another bungee game comes out in 2025 20, 26 and produces half of that you're talking about bungee bringing in you know 450 million dollars a year yeah uh and then also there's always a chance not that sony would take it away from bungee but if bungee's like hey we really want to focus on matter can you just drop this game off on one of your other destiny off just to yeah. keep it running they could definitely do something like that i don't think that would ever happen because bungie's very prideful of their work but they can give them a studio to support them like vicarious yeah. visions did during the activision partnartnership exactly. whether that's whether that's a, even a third party outside studio which like, that they just nixies could be right. that thing for yeah. them because they're a pc studio so that could be like or, the domino falling yeah. for or like we've always talked about of like you know, in the next two years, Bungie might be, they're currently like under a thousand employees. They might have 2,500 employees or 3000 employees, you know, like to where, I don't know if it's going to jump that much, but to where that they could, they could just add more people that they need to do stuff, you know, because yeah. of Sony's, you know, payroll. Yeah. So. Uh, other bits from this, um, Sony basically has, they set an allowance of, uh, roughly 17, $18 billion for acquisitions after the Bungie deal, they have about ten billion left, so they spent around seven or eight billion on acquisitions and investments. Uh, some people were speculating, well, 
Whereas the other half of the seven or eight billion they spent, and that is in Housemark, Blue Point, yeah, uh, <laughs> Fire Sprite Fabric, uh, Nixies, uh, Discord, Epic Games, because they gave half a billion to the, Epic the Haven Games. deal, whatever. Yeah, the Haven, Haven deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it does mean that they still have ten billion left that I would assume they want to spend before the end of the year because you put that money aside with intention to spend it. So more acquisitions heavily taxed for having savings. (laughs) Yeah, you get you get taxed heavily for having savings. And then next year, when you make the budget, they're going to be like, well, you only need 10 billion. You want to always spend what you're allocated for that. Uh, So Sony isn't done. There will be more deals to come, as Jim Ryan has said, as Jeff Keighley has said, as Jason Schreier has said. I want to put something to bed that I think that has been been I've seen on the Internet a lot last week kind of since this came out 10 billion dollars won't buy you capcom no we'll get into it in the next story which is why i included the next story oh okay i didn't Um, this is what happens when i don't read the whole document yeah i saw some i saw some numbers for capcom like sales numbers for capcom's franchises they're ridiculous well so (laughs) it sounds it sounds like from everything that i've read and listened to uh it sounds like monster hunter is basically capcom was looking to get out of you know being capcom until the Monster Hunter game sold so right. well that they're just like, let's keep going. And then a Resident Evil games, you know, did extremely well. Uh, so Capcom is not going anywhere. Uh, but yeah, we'll probably expect more developers to be purchased. I don't think they have the budget for a whole ass publisher, uh, but there's definitely going to be stuff out there because no one was thinking Bungie was going to be acquired and then they were acquired yeah. so there's probably I other de- studios I, I definitely think that we're the next thing i think we're going to hear and i don't know if it's going to be sony or if it's going to be microsoft but there's going to be something peeled off from warner brothers like i really feel like that'll be the the next like wow thing like we might hear about some other studio or some other small thing um i just think that the, like time warner is going to peel something off I don't well, know what it's going to be, like Nether Realm or something. I would, but. I would lean Nether Realm just yeah. because does Discovery want to be in the Mortal Kombat business? Right. And Discovery might not have the DC license, so they're not going to be the in the Injustice business either. Right. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone peels Nether Realm away. Uh, I know people are expecting Microsoft to go after Japanese studios, but that's not how it works in Japan. Right. They would rather deal with Sony than to deal with Microsoft. So there are, you know, I still think there's a chance someone can, I think yeah. you can get a From Software for the Bungie Yeah, I just, amount. yeah, agreed. But I, I, I don't, and it partially, you know, full disclosure from my standpoint is I don't play From Software games, so I don't hold, like, From Software is not always in the front of my mind. Like, yeah. they're there right now because of Elden Ring. They could possibly ride the success of Elden Ring into raising the price after of their Elden purchase. Ring, no yes. um, but I just feel like them it like it's, it's going to be somebody from warner or it's going to be um iron galaxy like that was that would be the yeah. next thing i would see would be iron galaxy because I, of their ability of whatever they've got going on with this new game as again as a games as a service so they're valuable and the ability for them to um to do stuff like i think i um, they did everything they, i think they just did uncharted I yeah that's what i was gonna say like i looked something up and they did like they they did the upscaling and they do stuff in the background you're like you look something up you're like they did that too yeah like, and they have know, adam so, boys as like one of their like i think he's like the c cfo or ceo right. so, so so i mean like have, i could just totally see iron galaxy and you know like it would be It'd be like, like uh, it'd be cool to see Sony buy them, like because of Anna Boyce's relationship. It'd be hilarious to see Xbox buy them. Yeah, 
because that's definitely one of the studios iron galaxy that would make perfect sense for sony right now in terms of like well you're gonna need someone that's gonna have to help bungie and you're gonna want a a company that can kind of just go wherever they need to go so iron galaxy would probably be like the next u.s studio that probably has eyeballs already people are probably already kicking the tires on yeah uh but i think any japanese studios i'm going to assume that they're only going to sell to Sony or Nintendo. They're not going to sell to Microsoft because that's just not how acquisitions work uh, in Japan. Like they're not going to sell to Microsoft, no matter how much Microsoft puts on the table. Uh, They would just rather keep it in house. But let's move on to the next story, uh, which deals with Capcom. The country of Saudi Arabia has acquired 5% of Capcom and Nexon. So this is a, uh, it's like a wealth sovereignty fund uh, in Saudi Arabia. It's basically their way of trying to diversify their portfolio because it's right now like 100% oil and they're trying to invest in different games. Companies, because they see that as the future or whatever. So they they already spent like $3 billion investing in Activision, Blizzard, Take-Two, and EA. So they're about to be paid really well uh, when Microsoft uh, closes the deal. But... So they spent roughly $1.2 billion in investments of Capcom and Nexon, and it roughly equates to 5% stakes in each country. Uh, These numbers are really kind of rough currently, Uh, but it shows you that if they spent a billion dollars, we don't know how it's been divvied up between the two companies, but it was only able to equate 5% stakes in Capcom and in Nexon. It shows you that with the $10 billion that Sony has available, they're probably not going to be able to afford next, uh, uh, Capcom if whatever money was spent by Saudi Arabia only got them 5% of yeah. And I don't think they're going to be able to buy a Japanese company. Like they, They're not going to be able to buy Sega for $10 million. Like so, No. I mean, I don't think Square... I think Square is worth more than 10 Square like, is probably halfway between Bethesda and Activision. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, like I just... I don't... I don't know where this stuff's going to come from. Like, you know, like in terms of the, the, even the European and the, uh, the Eastern studios. Yeah. I, I think they can probably spend some of that 10 billion to peel off some IPs from Konami. That that would probably make sense, but you're not going to pull off a whole publisher, especially now that this Capcom news came out, that 5% is worth anywhere from 500 million to a billion dollars, mm-hmm. uh, means that those numbers just don't add up at all yeah, for, uh, sure. for that to happen. Uh, all right. Uh, so that was just a, a quick one. It's always weird every time Saudi Arabia uh, buys a stake in a video game uh, industry, but there's also states that actually own, like in the yeah, U.S. As soon as, you, as soon as you said like Saudi Arabia, I was like immediately thinking about Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, 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 there are like some other states that like own part of Take Two and Activision yeah. Blizzard because this is an un heard of of a country or a state yeah it's like it's it's kind of, kind of one of those things like hey bring your headquarters to our state and we'll give you a tax break but we get like three percent of the company you know yeah. or something like that like as as a very broad example yeah uh let's get into grand theft auto news uh grand theft auto 5 on ps5 and xbox series x and s uh, is coming out march 25th uh grand theft auto uh was then Casually informally, or Grand Theft Auto 6 was casually informally announced as in development via a tweet on Rockstar and then a blog post that was advertising GTA 5. So, very nonchalant way, almost to Rockstar, a way yeah. of saying, like, well, yeah, GTA of course. 6. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, what it's a, one what of those. Are we inc- stupid? 
(laughs) They did this right before the uh, financial call to investors. So it was probably not an announcement for us video gamers, but an announcement for the investors to be like, what's going on? Oh, Grant, you're you're doing a sequel to Grand Theft Auto V? Cool. Uh, I'm going to buy more shares. (laughs) for pretty much exactly uh so they said the game is well in development uh some information that was kind of crazy uh gta 5 has sold 155 million units across all platforms uh which is just yeah which is gonna get close to 200 million probably with the third platform being added the third potentially the third generation of platforms being added i i did look into this a little bit and apparently uh a lot of purchases or not a lot but there's a a fair amount of purchases that have been made that i guess every time you had bought the next gen version or just the 20 dollars version of the game you got shark currency okay. so there were definitely a lot of players that bought multiple copies to get those bonuses don't know how much that equates to the 155 million but it probably did help a little bit because yeah. of people into that 10 percent. yeah like, i don't think that's crazy no. yeah uh, and then the GTA Definitive Trilogy, or whatever it was called, has sold over 10 million. Uh, that number, and then the number that you do have in another story coming up next, are is what is wrong with the video game industry. People <laughs> yeah. are like, this is stupid. This game is broken. Okay, here, I'm going to buy it anyways. Like yeah, this is it, this is me when I worked for Foot Locker and the prices of fitted hats kept going up from like twenty four to twenty eight to thirty two dollars and people would complain about it as they're inserting their credit card or giving me the cash and the same thing with like Air Force One shoes and Jordan shoes going up and going up ten dollars twenty dollars oh the next Jordan cost two hundred dollars that's stupid oh uh, and then his friends like man I'm not gonna get them he's like no I'm still getting them it's just dumb. <laughs> well, it's basically, and imagine how many more copies it's going to sell once they fix it completely yeah. and they're like hey it's not broken as much anymore but yeah gta definitive trilogy whatever uh has sold over 10 million uh, they had to basically do a little rough math uh to get this number because they said it's like six months right yeah yeah uh, i think it was november or <laughs> yeah, no, no december not, yeah it was okay, december so three months or whatever. not yeah. even three months like come on <laughs> yeah so it, it's Funny, like, because they sold, uh, they said they sold 15 million copies of Grand Theft Auto, uh, last quarter, 5 million were from GTA 5, and then, or, and the other 10 was from the trilogy. This doesn't include the little bit of money they have for the Game Pass crap going on, too. Like, no, not at all, yeah, the, the Game Pass and PlayStation Now, they had, yeah. they remember that was divided up, and then yeah, also- and then Red Red Dead was on there, too. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> holy shit, uh- <laughs> gta 5 still sells like crazy and people don't know how to say no to something <laughs> broken all right uh continuing the the the, the q3 q3 Consumers reporting stupid the fucking <laughs> the worst the fucking worst all right, uh, let's go to some smarter consumers let's talk about the nintendo switch the, well yes and no <laughs> Uh, they, they at least buy stuff. <laughs> uh, so Nintendo announced that the Switch console family has sold over 103 million units. Of course, that they didn't differentiate which Switch sold more or whatever over the last couple of months. But they did do some software sales. So Diamond and Pearl sold 13.9 million copies last year. Mario Party. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. It's Pokemon. I know. I know. Uh, it's just like, that's not even been out that long either. November, right? Uh september maybe september because there's only oh, okay. six months apart between pokemon games because one okay. just came out like yeah, two yeah, weeks yeah, ago yeah, yeah. yeah okay uh 
So Diamond and Pearl sold 13.9 million. Uh, Mario Party Superstars, 5.4 million. Skyward Sword HD sold 3.8 million. And Metroid Dread, so 2.7 million copies. I'm assuming you're referring to Metroid Dread as being a disappointment. Yeah, and the fact that people bitched and moaned about a Skyward Sword remake, but 4 million of y'all bought it, myself included. Yeah. I didn't complain about it, though. I, was I almost forward. thought that number was low, but then I told myself, like, well, people weren't <laughs> happy, and also it's Skyward Sword. And that's, yeah, but say that's considered to be arguably, like, critically the worst Zelda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and then, you know, Nintendo can go, like, I, I, you know, Nintendo can go, ha, you didn't want Metroid, but you wanted a 10-year-old Zelda game. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I- like... I would imagine Nintendo is happy with the 2.7 million for Metroid Dread based on like the size and scale of Metroid yeah, Dread. Yeah, for sure. uh, I wish it did a little bit better because I, it, when you compare I it want to more Metroid, these, <laughs> I, haven't exactly. even, I haven't played this one. It's sitting there in my, in my Michael pile of shame in the shrink wrap still. I will <laughs> play it. It's on my 2022 list of 12 games to beat. Um, but, uh, you know, like it's just like the 2.7 is a, is a little disappointing just for, you know, when, yeah, Mario Party sells 5.4. Yeah. Now, granted, and this is as of the end of last year, so it's probably it, at three. Yeah, granted, it, it is the it is the newest of the games on this list. Yeah. Being that it came out in October. So, I mean, it's all relative, but it's still kind of one of those things that it also had the, the most, you know, front and center time on shelves for holiday shopping well, that people weren't going into stores to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure, like, when you put Dread next to, you know, the remastered Pokemon game selling almost 14 yeah. million and then the remastered Mario party selling 5.4 million and then the remastered Skyward yeah. Sword selling 3.8 million. I'm sure Nintendo's like, why do we put, this is why we don't do Metroid Dread every year or every mm-hmm. other year. Cause it doesn't sell as well as our Pokemon Mario and Zelda games. So hopefully right. they're happy with that. I hope they at least continue on this scale for Metroid games. Uh, though I know, there's a Metroid Prime that they announced like three years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's like okay. the, the true like first-person shooter Metroid Prime. Yeah. yeah. Or that's supposed to be supposedly still like uh, Prime 4? Is it? Yeah, it's three or yeah. four. Yeah, uh, so. but and, I, and I'm hoping to see whatever these... I, and I'm surprised we haven't seen this yet either. Maybe, I mean, we do get a Nintendo Direct this week. Um, by the time you're listening to this, it might have already happened. But so we'll see how great, how good I am or not am. But um, I hope that we see something about Metroid Four based on the heels of Metroid Dread, and then um, I just want the trilogy on the Switch. Yeah, at this point, especially <laughs> they people want remasters. Yeah, building so the hype for Four, you need to put the other ones on the Switch. And there's also been rumors that that's done. It's been done for like a year or two, but they've right. just been sitting on it because they just want to wait. Uh, there's a possibility, especially the Nintendo Direct is supposed to be stuff coming out in the first half of this year, so there's still a chance that they can Well, and I also hope we get to see some... um, Yeah, it's 4. Why it says it's 4. Metro Prime 4. I also hope that we get to see some uh, the show gameplay, but I don't know if Nintendo has that control. I would hope they would do it, just because they know people are excited for it. Uh, It's just... Again, to your your point, the the Otani aspect and that the Japanese market it's a slam dunk you should showing have it, it in the japanese market yeah yeah did you see the otani like collector's edition that has like it's a steel book with like manga art i saw the uh, yeah i saw the the cover like it, and i yeah. guess i did i guess that's the steel book and they kept talking about the collector's edition i kept waiting to see like what else came with it yeah um, 
kind of tempted uh, by that even though i probably yeah. won't play it <laughs> <laughs> it's cool looking though like the yeah. the case is cool looking but usually like they came with like a hat i was really kind of curious like when they had that griffy collection and you <laughs> know like, they've always done some pretty cool like tangible items and i haven't seen that yet yeah i haven't seen anything uh and then lifetime update uh lifetime sales updates for the switch uh mario kart 8 has sold 43 point uh 35 million animal crossings at 37.62 million and super smash brothers is at 27.4 million sold uh there was uh, so mario like i i love attach rate okay you guys know i love attach rate so mario kart 8 at 43 and a half is 40 so if you take 10 people that own a switch four of them are raising their hand that they own mario kart that's crazy and then yeah. three of them are raising their hand that they own Horizon or um, uh, Animal Crossing. I'm sorry. And then the other two are saying they own Smash. So, like, there's ten Switch owners, and you could list three games, and all ten of them would probably raise their hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, that the attach rate is crazy. And then this fact that Pokemon's at 13.9 million, and it within only came out or, or yeah within six months, months yeah. which means it's joining it's gonna pass i it's either gonna get really close to smash brothers or it's gonna pass smash brothers by like well and the only thing that'll slow it down is another everybody knows there's another pokemon coming well it's already out it's out as of last yeah. week so yeah. like so there's always another down. pokemon coming like yeah. smash people are like like i think that now that people know that you know smash is done like i think you're gonna see another spike in that again if, if somebody didn't own it because they're like oh, i'll just play the next one like dude they're not doing any more smash okay fine i'll go buy this one yeah you know we'll, we'll or, probably see smash on sale more like splatoon yeah. is always on sale yep uh so just just crazy crazy numbers yeah uh stuff i didn't put in this because uh, financial stuff came out um playstation announced that they've sold like 17.5 million ps5s uh, it's underperforming compared to the PS4, but it's strictly because of the sh- uh, the shortages right now. Right. Uh, because they can't keep them in stock. Um, Nintendo, I think they said they sold like 23 million Switches down from their predicted 24 million. And then Microsoft, because they don't like to give numbers, uh, people had to do the backwards math. Uh, so I, it was uh, revealed that the xbox series s and x consoles are outperforming the xbox one and the 360s in the same time frame someone did the math and was it like 12 million 13 yeah so like it was 12.5 for the 360 so if it's outperforming that we're probably looking at like 13 ish million uh xboxes out there with the series s being a majority of those units so, so that's like a one and a half to one ratio, which I think Microsoft is okay with. Especially compared to last gen, where it was right. like four so to one. Compared to last gen and compared to the, the direction that they're going with their service mm-hmm. of where they're like, you can play this stuff on PC. You can just yeah. play it on your Chromebook, or, you know. like. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm assuming they're they're happy with, with where they're at right now. Uh, though we'll see uh their financial stuff will probably come out soon enough that we might actually get an at real number on how many are out there as opposed to nah, we'll just we'll get a real number on game pass subscribers we won't get a real console number yeah yeah i i would assume though like someone's gonna have to that has to get reported somewhere when the yeah. fiscal year is over so it's just a matter of people doing their due diligence and going through like the hundred slides uh when they release that stuff to their investors but that is it for the news. All right. So, um, unfortunately, we have something else that got delayed. But I just hope this clears the way for our Gotham Knights. Because Suicide Squad has been pushed to 2023. Um, 
when I saw, I think when you, I, if we go back and like listen to a show when we talked about this being announced, I said, there's no way this is coming in 2022 <laughs> anyways. So yeah. especially if it's their games as a service. Um, so like, that's definitely interesting. Um, so now, like now that they, you know, came out and, you know, reportedly rumored that it's being pushed to 2023, people are hoping that we see a little bit more on Gotham Knights and mm-hmm. um, Hogwarts. Yeah, Hogwarts, uh, the rumor the, or the date that was leaked is like sometime in September, which then also hopes that Warner Brothers wouldn't put Hogwarts and Gotham Knights in the same time frame. Just because I know, dude, please, May would be great. Yeah, that, that's May. what I'm hoping. May, June. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if they shadow drop it during the DC fandom, just know that they just want that game to die. <laughs> Like, well, is it like I'm gonna say the Batman movie's coming too? So there's a really good opportunity to like do some marketing, you know? Like, but I don't mean. We'll see. Just get the game out, please, and let it be yeah. good. Let it be fun. Yeah. I don't, you know. <laughs> and does this? It's a co-op game. Just let it be out. Like yeah. we'll make our own fun if it's yeah. if it's not good. <laughs> it's fine. Co- co-op games get that pass. All right. Um. So yeah. Now we'll go on to uh what we're playing and watching. I'll go first because I know Michael has a review. So yeah. Um. I played more horizon zero dawn i completed the main storyline of horizon zero dawn um and i really really enjoyed the story and i am very interested in forbidden west now just to see how it continues i am still currently playing the frozen wilds i've started it that's a very weird way to treat an expansion well because <laughs> it's 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 just sends you part right of the before map. the f- yeah, yeah. yeah so you beat the game and it goes and then it, you, it goes you've unlocked new game plus um and you and that and now we've put you back in into the, the the to the point before the very last mission um which is cool because you can go do more side missions and have other people affect what ha- like kind of how the story is at the end so if you feel like you missed something you can go back um for more side missions and then frozen wilds is just like an like an expansion on the map where you climb over a hill and you're there um hmm. and, and so far that's been fun um it's a smaller area and and to see um so again, I was playing on story mode. So my save file was about under, roughly a little bit under twenty hours. Um, I never really struggled with anything, which was on purpose. Um, however, as much as I enjoyed the story, I'm not, I was not a fan of how this was delivered. Um, I do understand that it's a five-year-old game, but delivering it through the hologramic holograms, cutscenes that they were trying to deliver that weren't really cutscenes; they were just things like like essentially like enhanced audio logs. I was not as big of a fan of. And I also felt that the world was just unnecessarily large. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was a lot of open fields and stuff. So yeah. they really want, I hope they do, like the traversal does look improved in Forbidden West. So hopefully they learned a little bit from that. But it definitely did seem like the world was a little too big for the And I know like it's supposed story. to be, it's a post-apocalyptic, apocalyptic world. Like the, the story that they were telling was cool, but I just found myself like trying to get from point A to point B as fast as I could because I wanted to see what the next story beat was. Yeah. And again, I know that they've obviously learned from stuff over the last couple of years. Sony's uh, PlayStation studios has learned, um, you know, from, you know, over the years, but having significantly put time in with this now and put in time with breath of the wild, breath of the wild is a better open world. And they're both, <laughs> both their open worlds are very bland, but in terms of like, I would just go like, I'd, I'd be running for like nine or 10 minutes to get to the next point. Like, yeah, and you're in story mode too, so it's not like you were being challenged combat wise. So you definitely probably right, felt but that, that would have just annoyed more. me even more, though. 
because I like it would have just got in my way on my way where I was going. Potentially, but I, I think sometimes they like the the world feeling a little more dangerous probably would have made it more entertaining going from point to point. But I don't think there was less monsters or less. Machines. No, but they're easier to kill when you came. But I was still just going by them anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and I understand I was playing a different play style. And, and, and in my mind, I thought the game was maybe a little bit bigger, like in terms of sc- story and scope. So like I, there's a part of me that was rushing, but then like I, I even put these thoughts on there when I got to that, that to the point again, where I was, where I had stopped previously, like a year ago, I was so close to a significant story moment in the game that if I, I you know, like it's my own fault, but if I would have got there, I would have been like, all right, I want to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get there. And I, that was me playing on like normal mode or whatever. And, you know, it, it took too long to get there. <laughs> it's almost like the opposite of when you put a game down and you come back to it and you're like, oh, that was by the last level. Shit. Yeah. Why did I take so long to do it? Yeah. Because like when that moment happened, like and the, the main reason I know that it was I was doing something different is because I earned a trophy, and then I was obviously seeing stuff that I hadn't seen before. I was like, "Oh, this is what's going on. This is cool. <laughs> like I now I want to know what the next thing that's going on is." And it had some cool moments, like um, you know, and it's it's cr- it's great. And like hearing in the dialogue of talking to people with the choose your own dialogue, hearing stuff like talked about with Forbidden West. Like if you're playing it five years ago, you'd be like, "All right, whatever." But now, like me knowing that Horizon Two is called Horizon Forbidden West, and hearing that in the game, I'm like, "Huh, that's even more interesting." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, needless, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I've dabbled, you know, kind of doing a little bit of Destiny prep, um, helping some people. There's some a couple new players that are kind of getting back in now, uh, getting ready for Witch Queen. Um, so I've been kind of dabbling with that just a little bit. Um, watching, um, started watching. Because it showed up on like Owen was actually talking about it, and I'm probably gonna get the name wrong, but uh, it's on Netflix. Saving Dion, or, or I'm sorry, Raising Dion. Um, it's a like there's two seasons of it. It's like about this kid that has like some superpowers to it. Michael Michael B. Jordan plays the dad actor that apparently has passed away. Um, and the and like, but it's a very for it to be kind of like a first marketed to Owen a little bit. It's a very very slow <laughs> in terms okay. of like it's not kid friendly. Um. But the thing that really drew my attention is the title for episode two was uh, Fortress of Solitude. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's a Superman reference. <laughs> and then I was like, in my mind, like there's been all those rumors about Michael B. Jordan playing Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, but based on what I've seen so far in the first two episodes that I watched today, it's not Superman. <laughs> so, yeah. like, so I don't really know what's going on. in it. It's on Netflix. It seems super interesting. I don't think it's for a six or seven year old, but I definitely think it'd be kind of cool for like a young teenager or um, the first two hours, like I was kind of every time the episode ended, I was like, huh, what's like, what's I, like, they didn't answer any questions. Let's watch the next one and see. Oh, they answered part of one. Let's uh, let's watch the next one and see. Like I can see exactly what they're doing. <laughs> Eventually it's got like, get to the point. Um, so like, yeah, I was really uh, enjoying that. And um, I watched something else, but I can't remember. She'll probably tell me in chat. So. <laughs> Cause I didn't write it down when she told me today. So. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave. You got to do your homework every time. I didn't do homework in high school. So. True. Same. Same. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, that's it. So, All right. Uh, so for me, all of last week, I was just focused on Sifu, uh, which is the new game from Slow Cap. Uh, Slow ca- uh, Cap. Sorry. Slow Clap. Slow Clap. Yeah, sorry. So Sifu is the latest from Slow Clap and Devolver Digital. It's a Kung Fu action game. 
where the main gimmick is every time you die in the game, you age. So one death equals one year added to your life and you basically just come, you sit back up and you continue fighting. Uh, This means you can start off as like a 20 year old and by the end of the game, you could be in your 70s or by the end of a level, you could be in your 70s. So it's uh, very focused on like the time mechanic gimmick sort of thing. Uh, the game feels like it learned a lot from their previous game, Absolver. It's a hand-to-hand combat game. Uh, Kung Fu is like the, the, the main combat in this. Uh, but it's all about timing and precision. Uh, you move from like space to space on each level, and there are different enemy types and variants. So you want to take your time, and it can feel super, super difficult when you're first starting, and you will get your ass kicked, and the age mechanic can be a hell of a burden because however many times you die in a row it basically stacks the age so you die three times in a row it just keeps adding so first time you die one year second time you die they add two years onto the one year and so on so forth so you can hit a point where a death can be like seven or eight years and then you're an old man and you're done you know like it's it seems like once you get past 70 you get like one time you can get revived up the oldest i've gotten in this game is like 78 once you hit that, you're done. Like you, 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 you flatline. Can't be resuscitated. Yeah, you just don't have enough health. You're moving a little bit slower. It it can get very brutal. Uh, the game's like broken down into different areas. The enemies and their placements don't change. So it very much kind of comes down to recognizing patterns and placements of enemies because it's putting you in constant situations where it just turns into a badass action movie every damn room you go into and you get into a flow and that's very important for a game like this that is about timing and precision and being strategic on what you want to do when you're in certain situations so early on there's going to be a lot of frustration because the game's going to feel very brutal because you literally see your character aging until they die uh but it just kind of becomes a repetition point where you just want to get as good as you can in each scenario to shave time off of your runs. Uh, Each area that you go into, uh, once you finish that level, that area, it basically locks your agent for the next area. So in the first section, uh, the first time I played it, I started at at, at 20 years old and then I got out of that area at 25. So the next time I would start the next area, I was always 25. You can go back and replay areas to do better. Uh, and that's a good thing to do because you can unlock uh, permanent moves that carry over from area to area. And so even if you fail, you go back to that area, you'll still have the permanent move. And then there are other upgrades you can do uh, through playing the game and repetition and hitting certain points. And each time you play an area, you will uncover more secrets. You'll get new shortcuts. The areas are all connected. So... In the third level, you get a key that opens a door in the first level, and that can potentially shave a ton of time off, and you can avoid a ton of enemies and just go directly yeah, to the biggest boss. thing is you're avoiding combat and you're avoiding possible mistakes, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, it definitely feels like a brutal grind early on, but once you go through the game once and go to each area at least one time, you'll un- uh, unlock enough shortcuts that you're like oh, I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go directly to the boss. I have enough upgrades that I could just go directly to the boss, kick their ass, shave 10, 15 years off my life, 
and then now I can play the game in the other areas and hit that final boss at a yeah, reasonable and not, age. Yeah, not feel like a struggle bus, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it just kind of comes down to, because a lot of people are talking about how difficult the game is, it's they want you to replay areas over and over again. They want you to fail and improve at the game. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we have a question about this later, about like why games like this kind of exist and it's just to get people to just stick with a game and replay the different areas as much as possible uh the only thing that i think this game kind of falters on is the story starts off really interesting and it gets thinner as you continue the game like the overarching story there's pretty cool background stuff with each boss that you unlock over time but once i finally got to the end of the game i was like okay i feel like a badass but then the game's just kind of over. And then it's just like you can replay the different areas again. So I feel like this story just kind of lets it down just a little. Does anything change or is affected by the story if you're at like the final boss and you're like 28 versus like 48, 58? Not too much. I, they do make some comments like as you get older, like the comments that they say to you can be slightly different, but I can't tell but if not, that's There's just... not different endings for like each 10-year age group or something? As far as I can tell, no, there's different trophies based on finishing at different ages. Uh, okay. But uh, I finished the game and I've basically started to replay areas just because each area basically has like a detective board where you basically put all the secrets that you find on a detective board. So I'm kind of replaying areas to fill out those detective boards. Cool. Uh, so that's like another mechanic to replay it. Uh, but the game has so much damn style. The soundtrack is so damn good that in the first area it's kind of kind of okay uh but the the combat's really good very stylish but when you get into the second area and it's like a nightclub and they're playing some club music they're playing around with the lighting by the time i got to the second area i'm like okay this is my jam this is my type of game even if it's difficult and i don't have the most patience because you have to parry you have to block and i'm terrible at that but by the time I got to the end of the game, I was pretty damn good and was excited to replay the different areas, even if I'm not getting much story out of yeah. it because of where the game kind of falters. It definitely seemed like a little bit that I've seen from you know, like the, some of the videos that you posted. Like you've got a pretty cool TikTok posted with it. Um, that uh, it's definitely not not a game that I think you could like pick up and play like once a week. Like it's definitely a game that you have to kind of be in rhythm with. Yes, yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah. it, it was one of those games that uh, you can't really take a break from it because you'll be out the flow. But then it's also really hard to put the controller down once you do find a rhythm because there was definitely mm -hmm. a couple sessions where it's like really late, but then something clicked and I got into a really good flow to where I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop when I'm an old man and dead. <laughs> like I, I can't let this run go away especially as you unlock the different like move sets that you you get uh there's a couple moves that, that are just simple like ca catching an object thrown at you and then throwing it back or being able to kick an object that's on the ground at your enemy as soon as i put the xp in to unlock those i was like holy shit i'm going back to the first level because there's a couple instances where this like would I be passed really like handy. 12 flower pots damn it <laughs> yeah exactly no and that, and that happens and i think that's really uh rewarding a mm -hmm. uh, way of just it's getting definitely like to a, replay. a different spin on a metroidvania style yeah yeah it, it definitely feels like it's it, it's a cool spin on that 
but there are some instances where, uh, you know, I, I check out other people that are reviewing the games and just seeing their like frustration with some of the bosses and then realizing that there's some moves that you could have put XP in and unlocked that would have made some bosses easier that I was, you know, uh, the third boss in particular throws objects at you. If you don't unlock the ability to catch an object and throw it back, that boss is fucking annoying. And the only reason I unlocked that ability is in the first level, someone threw a bottle at me and it disrupted my flow. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm unlocking this ability. <laughs> you but, ain't doing that to me again. No more. Yeah. <laughs> but that instance might not have happened to someone else. So they might not have thought there was any reason for them to unlock that. So then by the time they get to the third boss, they're getting their ass kicked. Mm-hmm. So long story short, unlock that ability immediately <laughs> if you're going to pick this game up because it'll make your life so much easier. Be a thrower, not a hugger. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there's so many like clever things that this game uh, does in terms of like each level has a different boss and completely different mechanics with how to deal with that boss or the boss has different abilities or uh, like weapons that you need to adapt to. And then just different ways around that. It's just really interesting. Uh, It's been a while since we graded a game, uh, but I'm confident to say this is like a four out of five for me. Uh, The story is the only thing, though. Like, I wish there was just a little bit more because the intro is so fucking good. Like the prologue, Mm -hmm. it shows a really promising story and the ending feels triumphant but only from a combat perspective because then once they like talk well, about we've the story always talked about that like good gameplay can cover up you know not so good story great story covers up not so good gameplay like and then there's always the balance in between and when you get mm-hmm. that balance in between of like hey i'm really interested in the story and i love the mechanics got the foundation for a really really good game yeah and like i i beat the final boss and there was like a hell yeah i was high like hell yeah i beat this beat this game and then it yeah. just ends and i'm just like oh okay well you know I, I wasn't like completely satisfied because the ending but i got that high from beating the final boss because the boss yeah, battles are it. so it's challenging cool. yeah yeah uh so That's highly awesome. recommend this i think it's like i think it's a 40 dollar game i think that's about pretty right. yeah. f- pretty fair pricing uh, 10 bucks a level experience. is cool right no, I'm just i don't know yeah, i'm just yeah, joking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was technically five uh levels yeah. uh but yeah so there's a lot four, of get one free yeah uh <laughs> it is funny though uh i have saw some people putting up their speed runs of the game and people very confused at being like oh you can beat the game in 40 minutes but then when i looked at the like the speed run i'm like well he unlocked the, the shortcuts so they actually played this game several times right. to unlock like, the keys you played to it, open the You played the it door. for 10 hours to beat it in a half an hour. Good job. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I it definitely, like, if you see people speed running the game, know that they have had to play this game several times to unlock literal keys to Which, doors. For the record, is typically how almost every speedrunner works. They get a really good understanding of every, of every yeah. instance and every mechanic of the game, and then they destroy it. So, yeah, so like, I, I was seeing instances of that where people were like, oh my god, I, this game's so short. It's like, no, 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 they had to put so much time well, into techni- making this game short. What, like, technically, Deathloop's a 45-minute game, right? If you know everything. Yeah, like, perfect world, you just happen yeah. to fall into place. Yeah, yeah everything comes down perfectly uh but yeah that so that is basically all the time my gameplay this week went into um i'll have another game to talk about next week on the switch but i don't think i can talk about that right now but i haven't really played too much of it 
but better safe than sorry <laughs> yeah yeah uh that's it for me and i haven't really been watching anything just the nana blu-rays that i was talking about last week or two weeks ago awesome all right uh so we got a couple questions you can send us questions and comments using hashtag ask digital days you can send them to us on twitter you can send them to us in discord or in Facebook. Or you can just post them in Facebook or you can comment when Michael or myself puts the post up. So Chad Wick writes, uh, I'm curious what you all think of the single player experiences like Seafood, Deathloop, Returnal. Is this the model that reawakens single player games or is it a fad? Um, so I think it's just another genre. I don't think there's anything currently wrong with the single player genre. Um, you know, like I, just to, to not only speak about like Sony Studios, like Nobody Saves the World is a single player game that I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn is a single player game that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, you know, I did not, Returnal did not click with me. Deathloop did not click with me in the first half hour, 45 minutes, but I do have intentions of going back. Um, and I probably won't play Sifu because I think I might throw my controller at my TV. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, specifically with these games, I it's a time loop mechanic. The time loop stuff definitely seems though. Sifu does, doesn't have the full time loop mechanic that these games do death loop and returnal. I think it's both a fad and just like what you said, a genre, like it's a fad in terms of like, there's so many time loop games, uh, but it's also a good way to keep people from like dropping your game or reselling your game by giving mm-hmm. you that like constant loop uh, and the replayability of being like, well, see what happens if you do it this way uh, or adding different scenarios and branching paths. So it definitely feels like it is it's a, it's just a subgenre. <laughs> like, yeah, I, but I also feel like the majority of the player base, if they get through Sifu, like if let's say they've been playing it, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten tries or whatever, and they get through, they're gonna be like, cool, I beat the game. I'm good. And mm-hmm. they'll move on. You know, they won't be like, oh, I can do that better. And, or like Deathloop, like. Oh, that was a really fluppered, uh, like a really effed up, you know, run, and I missed a bunch of shots, and I, you know, I, you know, I did all this stuff, but I got credits. Like I rolled credits on the game. I'm done. Like yeah. that's the majority of your player base. Same thing with Returnal. Like they're not thinking about going back and redoing a dome to get a better weapon. But like, I think would you're. It make, would it make their experience a little bit better? Yeah. Yeah, but I think as a developer, you're hoping to at least peel off some of that. You know, yeah. you're just hoping to retain some of those players, bring them back in again. Uh, though we're not really in the 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 PS3 360 era where like EA is doing the Project Ten Dollar bullshit, you know, uh-huh. like they're not trying to keep you from trading in games as most people are downloading them anyways. But it's definitely something to like keep you playing. It's just a genre that also really helps to keep you in yeah. there. Uh, but to your point, once people see credits, most people are just gonna stop there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but trophies was a way to yep. keep people That's playing. True. Uh, and now we just have a bunch of time mechanic games. Uh, but I think it's <laughs> partly because there's so much success in the time mechanic genre right now uh, that people are just Yeah, I think really it's like every, everybody was it. trying to do some type of looter for a little while. Everybody was trying to do a Battle Royale for a little while. And time loop's just a flavor of the season. Like, I yeah. wouldn't even call it a fad because I think that people can do it, like, really well. Like, it sounds like Deathloop did it really well. It sounds like Sifu's handled it very well, especially for an independent developer. Um, you know, and, you know, there's definitely challenges there. I think that this mantra of, like, making a game hard just to be hard um, it has to be dealt with with delicate hands. And, you know, all three of those, I mean, with two of those three games, I would borderline say are hard challenging. Rezogun and Sifu, just based on what people have been telling, or not Rezogun, um, Returnal. 
Returnal. Sorry. Yeah, Returnal's pretty pretty brutal. Deathloop. Yeah. Is no, it? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. In order, I would probably say. I mean, I I don't I didn't play Sifu, but I would say Returnal is probably harder than Sifu, and Sifu yeah. is harder than Deathloop. Obviously. Yeah. So. Um. All right. So next question, Matt Lowe sends in. Uh, let Dave uh, spill his thoughts on the Destiny Two Witch Queen uh, video documentary this week. Uh, what is he looking forward to the most? So uh, today, Destiny released the what they call a Vidoc, which was a fifteen minute video of an in depth Witch Queen stuff. Um, the biggest thing that's that I'm actually most interested in, confused by, and intrigued by all at the same time is this. Um, we're getting a weapon crafting table in Destiny where you're going to make your own weapons. So what a lot of people have a problem with in Destiny is the RNG. Like, I just did this for an hour and I just got this cool gun, but it's a shit roll. I don't want to play this game anymore. Well, they're starting to build crafting to where you can start to extract perks from other weapons and put them on these weapons. Um, they're being very, very vague about it. And the one detailed like update that they wrote about it, uh, I read it three times and all three times my, I went away with my head hurting more than it did the first time. Um, so it, this is, you know, like this has got division two extract, like uh, perk extraction stuff written all over it, feel, feelings and similarities. And they're adding like origin traits to the guns. And it's just like, there you it looks like if you invest time in the weapons you you'll be able to level them up as you level them up you'll be able to have more perks on them and as you can have more perks on them you'll have less what i guess i guess what i call less loot bloat like you won't if the gun drops again you're like i don't care i've already got this fully leveled up so i can just dismantle this for parts for leveling up another weapon um so that's the part that like i said i'm intrigued and confused by at the same time um and they a couple of the content creators that i follow and i know um got to do like a virtual thing with with uh, Bungie for Witch Queen and the campaign they seem to be really focused on the campaign um of like you know using words like our you know like one of our you know most adventurous and advantageous campaigns that we've ever done in Destiny um so and it looks like the the campaign will be replayable uh which is something that hasn't been very common it was in Destiny 1, not as much in Destiny 2 now. So, And there's different difficulty levels on the campaign. So I definitely see the them wanting the player base to interact with the campaign a little bit more versus just blitz through it, get it done, get to the end. So it looks super interesting. So I do have a little bit of time off um, requested for Witch Queen's release. So I'll probably yes. stream and yeah, well, whatever. So. I, and then we are trying to with with the group trying to get a a, di a day one raid just to you know like I don't I don't even know if we'll complete the raid just because of the twenty four hour modifier they put on the game but um, there's you know like if you if you're thinking about playing Destiny or checking it out um, you know and you, or if you're going to pick up Witch Queen feel free to join the clan it's a separate Discord so anybody that's worried about like that doesn't play Destiny is worried about Destiny like taking over the DDG server. It's a completely separate server. Michael can attest to it because he's not in it. Yeah. <laughs> so there so, is a Destiny room in our Discord server for well, voice so. chat. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, in terms of the, it's completely separate. If you want an invite to that, we can take care of that. If you are playing the game on a you know semi regular basis, we can. You're, you're more than welcome to play. So, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. We're about uh, you know ten days away. So the, you know, or two weeks actually, two weeks from today. Sorry. Um, so there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of hype going on amongst the people that I pay attention to. So. All right, uh, Stefan Wren writes, uh, "What is your favorite DC character and your favorite Marvel character?" Want to go? 
Uh, for me, so I, it took me a while, like when I when I saw this question, to figure out a DC character because I just don't love DC that much. I would probably lean the Flash, uh, mm-hmm. just because I, I I liked him in uh, the comic books. I kind of liked the TV show, but I didn't stick with it. So I'd probably go the Flash. Um, it would have probably been the Green Lantern, but that movie left such a bad taste in my mouth that I just <laughs> don't. I, I don't talk about Green Lantern anymore. Uh, so probably Flash for DC, and then Marvel. That one's a lot trickier, but I would probably say Cyclops because uh, I'm an X Men fan uh, more than like of anything in Marvel. I'm an X Men fan first, so Cyclops and then like Kitty Pride Colossus would be mine. It'd basically just be a list of me just naming every X Men character because uh, that would be my favorite. As yeah, your X to- your X Men '97 show is coming out next year, man. I, I, they got some of the original voice actors, which I'm, I'm happy about. But like, if that animation doesn't look like shit, I'm going to be very annoyed. <laughs> like, if it's clean, I'm going to be bothered. Um, I, guess, I mean, if I had to choose right now, like DC wise, in terms of like enjoyment of a character, it would probably be Aquaman. Mm. Um, just because like I like I liked his character. Um, and then Marvel wise, uh. The most character that I'm like the most fascinated in right now is like Doctor Strange of Wanda. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the most fascinated. Um, I don't really know if I would have a favorite. Like, so it's all. the opposite of me, where like DC is the one where it's hard for me to name, but yeah. Marvel super easy. Yeah. So I mean, and yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I'm not really sure. There's like in in general, like I just enjoy all the movies. It would. I'm actually very curious. So. The movie that I think I could just continuously watch and the character I could watch is is Black Panther. Like mm-hmm. um and I'll be very curious how the storyline goes. So with um Bossman's passing Bossman's passing. Yeah, yeah. That that's the 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 of the MCU, that's like the one movie I'm just like, I don't know how you get out of this, but I'm curious to see how right. they or write this or not included or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh that that's probably like the most curious thing I have with the MCU. Outside of just, you know, the whole, the actual storylines of just, you know, what's going on with Loki, what's going on with Wanda, what's going on with Doctor Strange. Uh, I'm curious about, like, what they plan to do with Black Panther as a franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And our last question of the show, uh, Roy Gibbs writes, uh, question for MJC, what is going on with your Bulls? Five and five in the last ten games. Oh, man. I mean, it's just they just have so many injuries. Like, that's the problem. They I think they're one for 12 against teams in the top 10 of the NBA, which is really bad. But I think there's only like two of those games where they actually had their full team healthy. So it's a really rough patch. I'm hoping they do a trade. Uh, Trades already started to happen before the deadline on Thursday or Indiana made a bunch of moves that made no sense. Uh, and they traded with Sacramento, moves. so it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, but they basically got all the talent from Sacramento you would want on yeah. their team, and it's just like, how? Uh, and then Portland's doing their fire sale. So, like, I'm hoping the Bulls either, either get healthy or make some moves to, like, hold down the fort until the playoffs start. Because uh, most of the players that are injured should be only injured for the next month. So... Mm-hmm. Hopefully things will get better. It's just it's a it's a real bad time right now. Uh, Bullspod.com. I got a Bulls podcast every two weeks. <laughs> New episode out Friday or Saturday. So maybe, by the, maybe by the next time he records, they'll be winning. 
hopefully hopefully actually no it's like two days till we record so uh yeah it's so. not gonna happen uh, and then uh, Roy continues, in keeping with the sports theme, who do you each like in the Super Bowl? I'll be fascinated with this answer because Michael doesn't pay attention to football. Um, you know what? Cincinnati. I would say Cincinnati. I don't like San Francisco. Uh, and also, oh, I just want to know if San they would Francisco's give an honorary. Super Bowl. Huh? San oh, no, no, it's the Rams. The Rams yes. beat them. Sorry. I don't give a shit about L.A. L.A. doesn't give a shit about football from last L.A. Time doesn't care about L.A. So. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say Cincinnati. I just want to see if they'll give an honorary ring to Ocho Cinco because sometimes they'll just give a ring to old players for no reason. So just give him an old, give him a ring for no reason. I have no idea um, who the quarterback is for Cincinnati. To be fair, yeah, well, he's a he's, he's a two year player, Joe. Burrow, I know so. there's a tiger of uh, tigers, a Lions quarterback. Stafford yes. is on the Rams. I, I just know that. Yeah. So I mean, that's typically what most people think because Matthew Stafford is on the Rams. That and he, but was he broke in, he your was heart. This, no, he did not. I don't. That, that man just decided to leave. He deserved to go somewhere that he could win. Uh, I just think the Joe Burrow story is better. Like, so you, the quarterback for the Bengals and their story is better. This team three years ago won two games, mm-hmm. and now they're in the Super Bowl, and it's mostly because of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And uh, when Joe Burrow is essentially undefeated and must win games, going back to high school and college. <laughs> um, so I, I'd be very curious to see. I, I, I think it would be really cool if uh, Stafford won Super Bowl. Uh, I'd also think it is exactly what he was brought to Los Angeles to do. So if he doesn't do that, then it's not successful. As much as people in my local area think that I'm a Stafford hater for that, it's like when the Bulls got Dennis Rodman, it was to continue to win titles, not to yeah. for Rodman to win Defensive Player of the Year. Like The Rams are essentially a super team. Uh, they, I think that they they said something about the projection that they have five or six Hall of Famers currently on the roster right now. <laughs> so... That's, they should win the Super Bowl. Uh, but I think the Bengals story is cooler. And the Bengals story gives me hope as a Lions fan. <laughs> that they oh, can and draft by the good way, players that leave. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, your boy, uh, Lovey Smith, got a job again as a Houston coach. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, maybe he'll get Kyle Orton to, to be <laughs> the quarterback coach or something. Who knows? This is, when Michael, gave, this is when Michael gave up on football when Rex Grossman and the Bears were good. And then, yeah. and then he's like, you know what? I'm done. It's <laughs> like, so when they got rid of Hester. When they got rid of Hester, I was just yeah, like, you yeah. know what? This is the <laughs> one thing that we like, guys. Um, and then him bringing it back to video games. What is the last sports game that each of you played? I would get, if I had to guess right now, mine would, would be MLB The Show. Mine was last year's NBA. That was like a weird game that like was my top played PlayStation game last year. That was, like but that was like you're listening to podcast game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, but also I barely played the PlayStation last year where my number one game was NBA and it was like 36 hours. Yeah. And then everything else that I played, I finished in under like 20 hours uh, yeah. on a PlayStation. So NBA, uh, I guess the next one will be the show. Cause I don't, I haven't had any urge to play the NBA game in quite yeah, some I mean, my time. son, my son plays a bunch of, the show NBA, um, he has uh, does a bunch of like create a player in hockey. So like, there's a bunch of those games that I've seen, and they always kind of intrigue me. But I've kind of lost that. I don't have like that buddy to play like sports games for me. The most fun I get out of them, uh, whether if it's not a create a player, is usually that playing. Like I used to enjoy playing football against my brother or against my nephews or against friends, even online. And playing against the computer just gets boring. Yeah, I, I mostly like the team management aspect of it yeah 
that's where I end up getting enjoyment of just like, let me see if I can build a super team or something. But even then, I do one season and 2K and then I'm, that's it. I can't do multiple seasons right. against the computer without yeah. going crazy. And I can't yeah. do, I can never keep up a league with friends just because you get enough people that drop out just like with fantasy yeah. sports where it's like, okay, half yep. the people aren't doing this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, you almost have to get like four or five just to commit to like, we'll advance it once a week, please play. And then it's like involves texting and telling like, can you play tomorrow? No, I got to work. Okay, can you play at 1 a.m. on Friday? It's like <laughs> too much of a headache. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's our show for this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Please consider reviewing if you can. I try not to mention that at the front of the show so I don't bore you guys, but reviews help. We are seeing some increased traffic. Um, obviously from the Activision and Bungie news I think is a huge part of that that people are wanting to hear some stuff but uh, hopefully if you this is your first couple times listening stick around, consider subscribing tell a friend to tell a friend, that'd be helpful um, you can follow uh, the main account on Twitter at Digital Days Pod. you can follow Michael at the first MJC. you can follow myself at Good Dave Hunt uh, Facebook group Discord server are all linked in the show notes the Patreon is there as well uh, bonus episode for January is out um and of like what we're looking forward to in 2022 so and then as as well if you subscribe to that seven dollar tier you get access to all of the other bonus episodes that we've released i don't even know the number but it's in the double digits or more um you know and you also get the podcast early for the seven dollar tier um the five dollar tier gets you the podcast early uh one day early and then three dollars and one dollars discord and tip jar so uh please consider checking that out teesprings it's almost spring allegedly supposedly it's no. february <laughs> um or if you want to get a hoodie or something like that we've got some we've got a store there uh so you can check out some stuff and uh let us know if there's anything else you want to see added there um and other than that that's all i got you got anything else michael never do never do <laughs> i feel rude just ending it without asking you <laughs> uh, just end it man be brave all right be bold so i hope everyone has a great week keep moving forward don't be a dick see ya <laughs>